Hello and welcome. My name is Kate Gindjol and you're listening to the Remarkableness podcast. Today I'm with the remarkable Carol Gridley. Carol has practiced and taught aromatherapy and massage therapy for more than 20 years and is passionate about the physical and emotional healing benefits from authentic essential oils and regular massage treatments. She currently runs two businesses and a giving back project, all of which we'll be discussing in our podcast today. But they are Health Touch Massage Therapies, Festival of Oral, which is scent therapy, and Health Touch Massage Caring for Carers. Before leaving the corporate world to become a wellness practitioner, Carol spent 10 years organising conferences and project managed some of the largest business conferences and trade exhibitions held in all Australian capital cities. She originally trained as a journalist and subsequently spent several years working in marketing, advertising, public relations and tourism promotion. Always highly creative, she found her true artistic expression after completing an international perfume making course. More recently, she's become more captivated by the increasing body of evidence on the power of smell and how it influences human behaviour, as well as the huge physical and emotional benefits of relaxation therapy. So hello everybody, I'm here today with the lovely and very remarkable Carol Gridley. We're sitting in her beautiful home and I'm actually feeling rather zened out after the most amazing experience really it was, not just a massage at all, but um, I'll, I'll ask Carol to talk a little bit about that in a while, but welcome Carol. Thank you Kate. <laughs> um, it would be really nice, you've had a, an interesting life, um, I know you've done a lot of travelling but you're originally from New Zealand. Um, yes, that's right. Mm. Mm. So wh- what? when did you leave New Zealand and where did you head off to initially before you started on this path? Well, I I, uh, I left New Zealand when I was about 18, actually, and the reason for that was my best friend at the time fell madly in love with a Greek boy, oh, really? and <laughs> he was going back with his parents to Greece to live, Right. and she was determined she was going to follow him, mm. and we had been talking about going to England and doing that usual sort of thing, mm. but um, I, she just said, why not come with me, and mm. if you want to, you can go on to England or whatever, and it just seemed like a great idea, so we literally, within nine months of making a decision, as soon as we could possibly get the money together yes. uh, we were off oh, to exciting. Greece and then, of course once we got to Greece we ran out of money <laughs> <laughs> didn't have any money. So did you work there for a while? Yes, we did. I I actually worked for a Greek cruise shipping company, which was even by by, um, a lot of companies in Greece, it was absolutely mad. Um, The owner was certainly a character. Um, I also, I actually worked for the PR director, who was a Greek-American, who was the most foul-mouthed person you've ever come across, which to a little innocent New Zealand girl was was actually shocking. It was quite confronting. Um, and also, I had to do the most amazing things. I mean, I had to get a passport for a pelican. And, um, no. What? Yeah, I did. I actually had to get a passport for a pelican. And Who was taking had, a pelican? Well, they, what happens is that they had all these cruise ships, and they had a new one they were launching, so they were going to have a, um, a press conference with a pelican, which is actually quite a big symbol in Greece, um, okay. or particularly one of the, one of the islands. Mm. They were going to have this pelican was supposed to hold the press conference, so they actually had to get on board. But there, I don't know whether it works here, but if you, if you actually leave and to get on a ship, even if it's in port, you have yeah. to have either a passport or leaving papers. So, oh, right. and, that, and that's everything, apparently, yeah. including pelicans. So. <laughs> that's hysterical. It was hysterical. Oh, so I was told by my boss, get this, you know, get this pelican a passport, and you have no idea what it's like to deal with the bureaucracy in Greece. And, I mean, they were saying things like, has it voted? Has it been in the army? And I mean, I said, we are talking about a pelican. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, so in the end, I got it leaving papers, which was yeah. <laughs> allowed to get on the ship, but had to get off it again. Get off and it was the most horrible thing. I mean, it snapped and snarled at me. And, and didn't it just fly off? No, it didn't. It, oh, didn't. No, it was st- stood there, but it seemed to have a total dislike to me. It kept snapping at me. So they had all these media people there, you know, supposedly interviewing the pelican. Mm. So that was the kind of thing I did. It was it was really quite crazy. Um, did but you of course, speak Greek? Sorry, didn't speak Greek at all. Yeah, okay. um, mm. And that was another thing I, I sort of, you know, had to get on with getting supplies and then the huge amounts of things like getting supplies from people. None of them spoke English or, mm. you know, very mm. little. Yeah. But it was an experience, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. Certainly, you cannot believe, you know, if he's going to be thrown into something, I certainly got thrown into something. And mm. then... Um, sort of about, after about a year, the the thing called Law 89, which is in Greece where foreign companies can actually move to Greece and they can hire foreign personnel. Mm. They can't actually operate within Greece. So that time Beirut fell. So there are a lot of American companies and so on came to Athens. Right. So I began working for those, which was a, certainly a lot less um, challenging. Mm. <laughs> But it did, obviously, in much better conditions and so yes, on. Yes. So that was me in Greece. So, you know, we'd sort of... And then, of course, I also fell in love, um, actually, with a Greek New Zealand boy who I, who I had actually met in New Zealand. Right. And we met again in Greece. And, mm-hmm. and so there was all that going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so where, at what stage did you then come to Australia? To Australia, well... Mm. It was quite... One of those sort of things, I, um, I broke up with the, with the great love mm. and... Um, Stayed for about another year or so, and a lot of my friends, my expat friends, were quite a bit older than I was. Mm. So I could sort of see that it was kind of one of those rare times where I used my head. I was thinking, well, it's lovely having this life at the moment because you're terribly spoiled in Greece if you're mm. young and foreign and female. Mm. Um, but really, I don't know if I want to be doing this at 35 or so on. So I really came to Australia. I didn't really want to go back to New Zealand, um, having at that time New Zealand still seemed very backward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came to Australia. To, I really wanted to set up a business. I always right. wanted to set up a business, mm-hmm. but didn't have a clue as to what. What you wanted to do? And of course, mm-hmm. I came to. Australia again with no money <laughs> so, um, so I really I, I then started working in um, magazine advertising and, and really had about the next 10 years I suppose the next decade apart from going to parties and nightclubs I yeah. was um, working in all areas of communications I actually trained as a journalist in, oh, in New Zealand yes right. I but okay. I didn't really mm. want to do journalism as such but that mm. uh, training was quite invaluable um, mm. for all the other areas of communication so marketing PR advertising mm. um, yeah, and then I went into conference organisation, which is sort of another decade story. Right. <laughs> so. But really, I mean, in the industries where there's a lot of social and partying mm. going on and that sort of, yes. It was, and it was particularly at that time, it was during the 80s, where everybody just, you know, everyone just had these long lunches. Mm. So mm. you virtually, you wonder how any work got done at all, because mm. generally speaking, you go to go to work, you'd spend all morning planning a lunch, you'd then spend all afternoon <laughs> having a lunch, you'd then kick on after that. Yes. And I don't know how any work got done, but no. everyone seemed to... Do very well. So, when did you decide to take a, a basically a different direction? Well, I always had a um, tremendous interest in. I mean, actually, when my when I was about thirteen, my mother and I used to experiment with making natural skin care. And, mm. and coming from New Zealand, it's a very sort of do-it-yourself kind of thing. And they're also per capita very much into the natural type mm. products. So there was something in me that wanted to, A, have a business, but secondly, had that sort of inclination towards something to do with natural therapies. And when I was in my early 30s, I read a book which mentioned aromatherapy Mm. and didn't explain what it was. And I thought I was sort of something like being in a spa and kind of just having scents wafted at you. 
So that sort of intrigued me, and then little by little, and by the way, at that time there was nothing about it whatsoever. I mean, there was no. No, I was no going oils. to say that would no, have been very nothing. early days of yes. Exactly. Anything, so there were no yeah. oils or no books or anything. I came across a funny little book, which is actually a textbook for a course in Melbourne, and then I found, of course, that there was actually a course at Nature Care College right. for aromatherapy. So. Okay. I began doing that, loved every minute of it, um, and I also did, with that you have to do massage, and so mm. I re- realised that I just love massage as well, okay. that was sort of my secondary mm. passion. At that time I was organising major business conferences around Australia, and one of the things you have to do is clinic hours, um, mm. that means you had to be in one place for quite a while, <coughs> excuse me, but, um, so I didn't actually finish it, but, so I continued with my corporate career, but I was still doing you know, a little bit of massage on the side and mm. certainly making lotions and potions with the essential oils. Yes. Um, and then I made the decision, I guess, just before I turned 40 to get out of that corporate world. I went back and finished my diploma, which had actually increased by that time, mm. which is not a bad thing. And also got my diploma of remedial massage and began my business mm. of massage and aromatherapy for probably about 10 years then. And how did you build your practice up? Was it mostly word of mouth? Uh, it was actually. I mean, mm. we are talking about different times. It mm. wasn't, there was no real social media there. No. There was really no, I mean, internet was there, but it wasn't um, a big thing. Mm. And mm. I have to say that I've never been a goal-oriented person. I've mm. never been, I, everything I've done, I've just floated from one thing to another, but mm. it's sort of worked out, you know, mm. and somehow there's a pattern to it. Um, Things just, I think, I really do think that being, doing something you're very passionate about, uh, it just, things just happened. Yeah. And I, I think we don't really have time for me to go into this in great detail, but let's just say that, you know, I, I, I got a clinic room without much difficulty. I got another job that was to be able to support me, you know, in other words, mm. a regular income that mm. was able to support me doing what I was doing. And um, then I got, I, you know, the opportunities came up to sort of subcontract to someone. There was a new... Um, fantastic wellness and sort of beauty centre opened in Mossman, which was very, very popular, and I got a job there, right. which was bliss. Mm. <laughs> For the first couple of years, I loved it. And um, got lots of, you know, clients, I think, from word of mouth. Mm. I don't think... I think I put a couple of ads in a local newspaper. Mm. Um, that's about all the promotion and marketing I did. It just worked. It just worked. Mm. And I think although you say you don't set goals, it is also all about the intention, isn't it? It is, really? yes. And, and you yeah. are exceptionally good at what you do. Oh, and it makes you. a huge difference to people's lives, I think. Mm. I don't think you really... Uh, until you go and have... A session like that realize what, what you know what it can do no um, well I, I unfortunately we are and you know anglo-saxon background and mm. it's amazing how you talk to people and they they have not they don't have, never have a massage you know mm. they it's not uh something that's actually in our culture very much so when mm. i was beginning we're talking about 20 years ago 20 odd years ago um it was you had to actually sell massage um as much as you sell yourself if you know what I mean mm. people still thought it as being a, an indulgence uh, I know some that's still the feeling now but not less so I think mm. um, I think people are much more aware of the actual health benefits of yeah. and the health and well-being benefits aromatherapy was certainly also quite unknown still so mm. you know it was, I was almost like a little bit extra because I gave had I made did massages with these beautiful oils and mm. things um, so I, I think, but you know, looking back now, you and I are involved with a, a, you know, sort of a network kind of thing where we, we learn all of this stuff we have to do to promote our businesses yes. and it's so full on and yes. so much and so quite overwhelming and I suppose it is something we have to do in this world, but then it just seemed quite easy mm. and I think just mm. being in the flow, it just yeah. flowed really. Yeah, yeah. And having just experienced it, I mean, I know, like, you, you know, you asked me why 
you know, what I felt about massage. And I, that, that was my answer, yes, wasn't it? Yeah. That I felt it was a bit of an indulgence. But I think women particularly are becoming more aware of the importance of self-care. Yes. Um, so that we can, you know, give more to, to others, yes. I, I suppose, and it will effectively. Yes, that's right. And, um, yes. yeah. So the the smells and the oils have become uh, bigger. I mean, I'd really love you to explain it and go into some detail about mm. the direction you're going in now mm. because I think it's very it's a very powerful um, and um, you know an important idea. Well, aromatherapy. I'm sure people by now, almost everyone knows about it now. It's obviously it's quite a, an ancient art anyway. Well, using oils uh, and plant extracts is obviously an ancient um, art. It, it became sort of it started to become more of a thing in um, the early. 20th century um, mm. and in Europe it was particularly big in France and in Europe too within the, the two world wars they were actually experimenting the Italians and the Germans and the French I think were all experimenting with using essential oils on wound healing and really? yeah and pre and post surgical um, you know obviously that there was so much obviously so much mm. so many wounds and so many yes. surgeries that had to be done so yes. they were finding out that the there was a huge uh, success rate with healing with the oils mm. um, and then in I mean in those countries you actually normally have to be a medical practitioner before you use essential oils and right. not anything like the availability that they are here right that's still the case that is still the case right. yes and of course the, but now we have the internet so mm. they, they mm. could still but it, within the countries and so you don't really get the kind of retail of essential oils the way you do here mm. in even in England and the States actually mm. so um, it's it's you know you can ingest but you should be ingesting them always with medical supervision. Right. Um, you should never take them without that. Right. It's possible. But generally speaking, the way we're trained here, we're, we're trained not to ingest or certainly mm. tell our clients to. So you're really working with using the oils on the skin and they must be diluted in mm. some sort of carrier medium. Um, you must always understand that they, they might be natural, but they can be contraindicated to some people. They aren't always, you know, not everything natural is, is necessarily the same. Everybody. No, that's yeah, right. So you need yeah. to know something about people's health status. Yeah. So we, that's the way we really work as an aromatherapist. Um, and that's a whole, again, a whole other story. And more recently, uh, about three years ago, I undertook an international perfume making course because I, mm. I felt that interest very mm. much and uh, perfume making is not quite the same as aromatherapy you can be an aromatherapist to use uh, quite a few are or you do, but you don't have to be so I'm still in that process now of, of that transition because as a, an aromatherapist you think totally about the therapeutic yes benefits of essential oils but when you make a perfume you're thinking more about the actual aromas and how they interact yes. with each other and mm. how they're going to you know work on that person mm. I think that the, there is definitely more and more research on the immense power of smell on mm. our psyche. Um, you know, there's a, some research on something called odour conditioning, where you can actually use the smell to kind of lock in some positive thoughts. And so therefore, from an emotional point of view, I mean, not exactly. just... Exactly. Right, okay. Yes, but it also has physical yeah. effects, yeah. Um, because obviously you're breathing these essential mm. oils, you're mm. breathing the molecules into your lungs as well. Mm. Um, so it's a whole, again, a whole sort of um, story. But for one thing, they're affecting your mind, which can affect your body. Mm. And mm. You're, they're also affecting you physically because by coming into their lungs, they're going through your bloodstream. So yes. you've got to take all these things into consideration. Yes, mm -hmm. so. And so why, I mean, if people wanted to come to you, I mean, obviously you provide a whole range of services, mm. but in... Is your is the perfume making business is that now going? Are people coming to you for, for, to take have something at home or to to have something to wear on their body? To yes, it's a yeah. It's um, mm. 
the whole point of, of what I do, and not all perfume, not all perfumers do this either, is mine is, mine is along the lines of aromatherapy, which is personally prescriptive. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I only make um, perfumes for an individual, and yep. that's after a consultation, and yep. we discuss their likes and dislikes, we discuss any health issues. Mm. And of course, the other thing I'm also encouraging, but it's not essential, is to see if they want to use it with an intention. So right. in other words, if they want to use it with their meditation or with affirmations okay. or, you know... Um, to see if that can just enhance their their purpose or their affirmation or how things or what's their positivity mm-hmm. if, you, if you're smelling something beautiful yes you know you feel good yes exactly. and that's if you feel yes. good things good things tend to happen as I think we know yes yes so the way I do is that I do actually do this uh, person personalized mm-hmm. everything's personalized mm-hmm. But this year, I've actually decided to take more of an umbrella approach and uh, and include things like room sprays and colognes and inhalers. So okay. that means that you're not necessarily just about perfume. It's mm. also, you know, you might have an inhaler with just a couple of oils. And it mm. might be, for example, my, my nephew, um, mm. who did HSC last year, I gave him an inhaler for keeping him sort of more alert and focused on his study. And he, he did actually tell me that, yes. it, that it did seem to work. I don't know if he was just being nice, but... <laughs> Well, that could be a huge market <laughs> well, for that you, could though. Be a huge market, that's right. Um, yeah. Then there's been other people. I had a um, you know a person who was going through into a court case, a very traumatic thing, and she had a little inhaler to just take some a couple of oils that would help mm. her through that. So that's mm. a very little, you know, just an easy little pocket thing you can yeah. have. Yeah. The rune sprays can actually have quite a bit of spiritual significance if you're into that as well. It can mm. either be just a cleansing or a refreshing of the room right. using very uh, natural products. Mm-hmm. Or you could take it a little bit further and just look at it as a as a more spiritual thing for yourself mm. again. So, I think it's a beautiful idea. It is. And do people come to you because I, know, I mean, obviously, smells evoke mm. all sorts of memories mm. and that sort of That's thing right. as well. Have you been asked to make that because they want to? People actually want to remember a particular, um, mm. I don't know, place or. That's an interesting question. Um, no, not as such, no, but no. I know that the, some of the smells that I've been asked to produce. Um, one recent one was actually tomato leaf. Oh really? She said she loves she loved the, the smell, smell of tomatoes, tomatoes. Yes. and I thought, well, I don't know, I don't actually know if I could see that in a perfume. <laughs> and I actually didn't realise you can get a tomato leaf absolute. Oh really? And I got it, and it's divine. Is and it? I, I don't okay. know whether it um, smells exactly like tomatoes on the vine, but I'm making her a perfume which is going to incorporate yes. it, and I hope yes. I hope she's going to be happy with it because yes. it's. it's just beautiful. Oh, so, other, um, someone else wanted me to make the smell of plane trees in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do all that? sorts of studies on that. Now, there is a, 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 I don't know whether it's a natural thing there. There is a fragrance port called Petrichor, and I may not be pronouncing it properly, but that mm. actually sort of has that smell of rain, which I mm. think is essentially that sort of damp earth yeah, kind of yes, smell. Yes, sort of peaty smell almost. Yes. It, yeah. And the same thing too, you know, people might say that they want the ocean breeze mm. or something. Now, mm. the, one of the interesting things I have to say to them, do you actually want to smell of this yourself though? Yes, or do you quite. just like to just want it yes. to brand you? Yes. Exactly. Yes. So you might, you know, some things might lend themselves to a room spray where yes. they can smell the smell, but yes. they may not actually want it to be on I was going to say, if you go out and people smell, you smell <laughs> of damp mud. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it may well be that, you know, people are suddenly drawn to you and droves. So it's, um, and of course, the other thing with natural perfume is that you have issues where, first of all, you want it to really smell like perfume Mm -hmm. and you want it to last, and that's something that isn't easy with. No. So it's still, I have to say, I'm still experimenting, but most people, when they make perfume, are constantly experimenting, I think, when when it's natural perfume, particularly. And I heard you speak recently um, at our group, and you were, you know, I know there was a 
a feeling that um, everybody wanted to smell everything, but it, mm. but you actually said no because there are you know there are uh, we yeah. do have very definite likes and dislikes, mm. and so you actually don't want to be. Um, no, if I, I'm very keen to talk about this more, and I'm going to do another one in next March mm. at another group and. Certainly the feedback I do get is, can you bring some oils and so on for us to smell? Mm. But look, I've taught at TAFE. I taught aromatherapy at TAFE for three years. And I and particularly there, my, I mean, the students there had to be smelling oils because mm. they were learning about them. Mm. And the, some of them had quite profound mm. negative effects. And it can happen. Right, okay. Some, most of the time you wouldn't get anything quite profound. But look, someone could just, you know, I could bring lavender in and someone doesn't mm. really like lavender. And it's quite likely they don't. Mm. People don't. Not everybody likes particular smells and it is very personal Mm. and sometimes you can get things like getting a headache or you can feel nauseous and so I choose not to do that Uh, and also because I'm not really the kind of talk I'm doing is not just about essential oils and Mm. it is more about opening your mind to the power of smell Mm -hmm. and and becoming more mindful of it because it's actually one of our senses that research has shown is of least importance to us but in fact it is probably the most profound profound. yes I mean, I've got relatives who've lost their sense of smell, and they're so, I mean, they're, you know, terribly sad about yes, it, even I'm if sure. it's just being not being able to smell a roast chicken or That's you right. know, Christmas lunch or something like that. Yeah. So, so talk, if you talk a little bit more about that, then what you'd actually share with, with because I know you do want to do more talks yes, um, yes. about it. Well, so it's, it's really opening people's minds up to probably be, to tune in a bit more to, to mm. the things that they smell, because we're all smelling things, and mm. we're all having a feeling and emotion about it. It's yeah. probably all I'm saying is because we're, you see, this is something that's very primitive mm. in us, and as we become more civilised and evolved and so on, we, we need to less and less focus on that side, that mm. particular sense, so we're looking more at us, particularly our sight, is, yeah. and that's the one that came outstandingly, came as being the one that no one wanted to lose. Mm. But we're, you know, we're not really tapping into that. But I just have a feeling that if something that has such a profound effect on our emotions and mm. our memories, and in fact our physically um, reactions to things and, mm. and so on, then if we mindfully tapped into that more and became yeah. much more aware of what we're smelling, yes. then I think we all sort of get a bit more in tune with ourselves and yeah. I think we can also be probably happier. So, you yeah. know, and I'm just not talking about essential oils or perfumes. I'm talking about, you know, the smell of... The morning, the freshness mm. of a morning, mm. the um, the smell of your partner, the smell of your children, yeah. or yeah. your your animals, you know, mm. or of course your garden. Yes, you know. exactly. So it's yeah. it's about and really qu- being quite mindful about tapping into yeah. that. Because of course, to animals, I mean that is oh. their, that is their number one sense. Absolutely, isn't it? I mean, that's and, right. Uh, and ironically, you're talking about eyes. I mean, eyes do seem to be the one thing at the moment that are you know so many people yes. are losing their sight earlier yes. through macular degeneration that's and that right sort of thing. So but also so. they're getting mm. um, eye problems because of looking at screens yes, all the time so mm. everyone's you know you probably might be i don't know i don't know the stats but let's say mm. quite a few people quite young people are actually starting to wear glasses simply yeah. for looking yeah. at, so we're looking at screens all the time yes we're bombarded with a lot of visual stimuli mm. and i just think that um that is it, it, it can still be very important to us, of course, but it's but just tapping into that sense of smell and mm. being very much more aware of that, I mm. think, is just bringing something into yourself because mm. it is, you know, it's so personal. Yeah. Um, some of the other podcasts that uh, mm. I, we've talked a little bit about uh, depression and that sort mm. of thing, is that something that aromatherapy can... I mean, I know you talked about feeling more positive, but if yes. people are deeply depressed, uh, is it something that you think might be able to... 
Look, um, clinically depressed, you've always got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Clinically mm-hmm. anxious, you know, anxiety and depression are either opposites or they can go together. So I, I'll, say, I'll talk about both of them. Mm-hmm. Clinical depression, you do have to be very careful about what you say because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a chemical reaction in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, But certainly, you know, a lot of people got some sort of minor depression or, mm-hmm. you know, that probably certainly having aromatherapy would 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 make a huge difference right. and mm. the anxiety too with the massage as well mm. it's so calming it's so nurturing mm. if you take mm. that sort of a, the approach that I do and and just having that sort of ambiance of say you know lovely music and yeah. smells and things like that yeah. would, would definitely would certainly does help people does tremendously help. Mm. and of course if they had something they wanted to take away and use in their daily mm. lives if they felt stressed or yeah. yeah or wanted a bit of a boost I mean there's nothing like smelling you know some lovely fresh orange or grapefruit or something exactly. if you like those to feel which is to feel slightly better at least. Least. yeah that's lovely. right <laughs> yeah and i suppose also the other thing about incorporating massage into that too is that for many people they're just actually their body is not touched and nurtured like that's that. exactly right and, and yes. so that is a, that mm. in itself can give a lift i think and yes. together with your obvious reiki um, <laughs> yeah. as well which <laughs> but so you really are offering a wonderful a wonderful package really, well I hope so yes mm. as I said I, I mean all, all of us and we're aromatherapy or massages we the massage therapists we do things differently um, mm. so I'm just I'm, I am moving away from I am still very professional I believe but I am mm. still moving more into the less clinical sort of approach mm. and more mm. into this sort of person person yeah. and of course you know normally People always have time to chat. I think that's very important. Yeah. I don't run a production line, so, so no. I'm very, very conscious of giving people time and mm. not them feeling rushed and yeah. so on. Yeah. I'm not trying to sell myself here. I'm simply saying well, this is the approach be. I take. <laughs> I hope you are. Everybody should come and see you, frankly. <laughs> Um, and I know that, uh, I mean, you're incredibly generous, as you say, with your time, but you also um, offer offer sessions for carers of, uh, carers of people who are... Sick quite sick well quite sick mm, yes I mean mm. sick or you know uh, in other words people who care for somebody who's chronically ill or mm. has mm. been injured or had a stroke or something like mm. that I, I believe that our carers are just the least recognized people mm. and, and we're talking unpaid carers too I mean obviously yeah. the paid carers can be wonderful too but these are the these are the you know the parents or the partners yeah. or the yeah, children or, the or children. whatever mm. so I, I'm with um, a place called advanced rehab the re- a rehab center which is a neurophysio group of people in St. Leonard's, mm. they offered me a room and I offer one Sunday a month free massages for carers. Mm. And um, what's That's also quite lovely is that they have the option, they no, by no means is it obligated, I'm not fundraising, but they can donate something to Youth Off the Streets, which is my sort of oh, chosen charity. charity right? And I can mm. say with the generosity of these people, they're just so lovely that mm. we, we actually gave the youth off the streets last year, three hundred dollars. So, oh, you know, so it's like a circle yeah. of, yes. I think, of giving, of giving back. back. But there's exactly. there's no obligation, mm. um, and mm. it doesn't matter whether they're millionaires. It's not the point. It's mm. not. It's or, or impoverished. You know, it's it's about me giving them something. Yeah. yeah. On behalf of all of us, I think, to yeah. to but say thank you so much for for what they do. Probably sacrificing their lives mm. too. Mm. And there are far more than I think probably any. Oh, absolutely, aware, yes. Right? And of course, they do it with immense love, but yeah. they're still. Yeah. You know, their yep. lives are not their own. No, so they need looking mm. after too. Exactly. Mm. And then the other thing that you do um, is is actually a, a offer massage to people with cancer too. Yes. And yeah. that's that's something. When did you start doing? Well, that? I trained in oncology mass- mm. massage about uh, eight years ago. Now mm. that's a particular way of approaching massage, mm. and it's actually four units to it. So I've done two. 
The other two are probably more if you want to work in hospitals. Right. But it is simply a way of understanding something of cancer and cancer treatments mm. and so on, and just working in, sli- in a different way. And, mm. and you, work, mm. you work with the person, you know, whatever they can tolerate. So, yes, I've, um, I've certainly have massaged a few people. And I did mm. spend at the organisation I mentioned, I actually worked there for about, or subcontracted there for about five years. So I've worked with people with Parkinson's and MS mm-hmm. and stroke recovery and mm. diseases that you and I probably hadn't ever heard of before. In other words, some sort of disability type illness that, yes. they, they, that they're managing in some way. Yeah, yeah. And um, using, uh, you know, massage can be so amazing. It mm. doesn't cure things, not, not when they're very sick. It's not, not talking mm. about that, but it can help. Yeah, and it's, and it's just giving... Again, it's giving that nurturing and loving exactly, at a, at a that's time right. when life is probably very, exactly. very frightening. Exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, a lot of the time they, they're just going to one hospital appointment or one medical yeah. appointment after another. This is the time to just not be a body. You know, mm. you're actually mm. a person and you're mm. actually receiving. You can chat, you can do whatever. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful service. And... and I don't know whether you're happy to talk about it, but I know mm. you so you've had a difficult year yourself. Yes, yeah. Um, how how are you sort of coming coming out of that? And and with what with everything that you do, do you feel that that? And I know that you have a very high level of awareness and consciousness as well. Mm-hmm. Do, have you? Do you think that's helped you get through this? Yes, time? yes. Mm. So mm. I guess I should not sound so mysterious. My husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer um, at the end of 2016, and was probably told he had about a year or so. Mm. And he was doing pretty well. And then at the end of last year, he became very ill very quickly and, and we lost him. Um, so, yes, I think that uh, having, you know, I'm relocated my business. I've actually left what was a full-time job to now do my massage and aromatherapy and perfume making and so on full-time or mostly full-time. Yeah. Yes, I think focusing on that does mm. help. But mm. I think I suppose it gave me quite a bit more empathy for, for people who are caring for someone else, sure. for someone going through cancer as mm. well. There's nothing mm. like you know you can experience something yourself so there's yeah. lots of things I can probably much better understand than I would have previously yeah. where you, you know about these things and you obviously feel for people but you don't yes. quite know no no exactly yeah no, well I think you're amazing <laughs> and and do you have I mean I, you're going to do more talking you're, mm. do you have a sort of long-term vision of what you would like your business to look like or what you'd like your life to look like um, not really. Mm. I, this is the thing. This is all part of that not having goals. I, yes, um, yes, I've yes, had so. kind of throughout my life. I've always had a certain vision of where I'd be at certain ages, and it's actually mm. all come true. Um, and where I was kind of thinking of at this sort of age, probably in another few years, let's mm. say, would be mm. walking along a beach with absolutely not doing anything. Mm. <laughs> so, um, but I, look, I think really, I just want to do what I do mm. and love doing what yeah. I do. I'd mm. like to. Um, talk more about that whole smell thing I'd yeah. love to do more talks about that um, I'm moving into using crystals mm. and that's something that's come out of left field because although I love crystals I never thought of using them within the whole mm. massage thing mm. and I'm certainly not a crystal healer or anything like that I don't put myself in those any kind of particular category mm. but bringing that into it yeah. And I think what you'll find that there's a lot of people doing similar things I think we, we're seeing a quite a change you know yeah. people stepping out of you know, moving perhaps more into psychic realms or mm. more working much more intuitively mm. than clinically. Uh, the world is not helping us uh, in terms of the bureaucracy and so on. Isn't helping us no. with this. But look, it's it, people are going to be wanting this more and more, mm. and I think that's why we're all stepping up a bit more into. Yeah. 
And as you, you said, know, and there are lots of people actually doing that, which mm. I think is really very exciting. That's right. And I think just going again back to what you were saying about no no goals, but perhaps the intention and having that pure intention. I think that's really, I mean, it's really something to be said for that. if you're loving because you're loving what you're yes, doing. Yes, exactly. And I think so many people don't love what they're doing, no, and they're still so trying, they're still trying yeah. to set goals. And so actually they've got that sort of resistance and they're not <laughs> going to get there because they're not happy right now exactly. where, they're, where they're at. But, um, and of course, you use yeah. that, old, that old cliche, you know, mm. um, was it something about make plans and God laughs or whatever? I mm. mean, things just come out at us, you mm. know, if yeah. we lose jobs or yeah. we lose someone in our life or we have an mm. accident or, you know, mm. life just hits you. So, mm. yes, you if you're a planner, go ahead and plan. Mm. I think that's fine. Mm. But I think we've just got to be open to yeah. the possibility that it may not always Change be yes. what... Or you'll you just get to a certain age and think, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And you're doing, just just finally, you're doing a little bit of travelling this year. Yes. Is that just, just for fun? I mean, just to sort well, of get yourself away and, and yeah, yeah, I think have so. some time. Yeah, um, mm. yeah it's basically mm. my stepdaughter's having a major birthday and I'm just thinking it's great to go over there and mm. see Paris again because it's always my favourite city. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, look, that's it, really. I mm. don't know. I'd love to go actually do more travelling within Australia. I'd mm. love to work um, or meet or get involved with some Aboriginal communities and their mm. healing, the whole healing thing. It's not yeah. easy, but mm. that's that would be my Something dream. You'd love to do. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. do that. Mm. Mm. Well, Carol, thank you so much. It's been really wonderful um, to spend a bit of time with you and, and you. hear about your plans. And uh, mm. and I, as I say, everybody, I highly, highly recommend if you're in Sydney. Um, I'll, I'll put Carol's details on the show notes. But um, what's the best way actually for people to get in touch with you? Oh, look, I think through my mobile number okay. and my and my email address. So if you're okay. willing to put that Absolutely. up there, I'll yes, put that, those that on would the be show great. Um, and, um, my website yeah. is, a, is is there, but it's really a work in progress. I'll right. be changing quite a bit. But mm. uh, by all means, have a look at that and contact Lovely. me. And I'd love to have a chat too beforehand if you want. Thank you for joining Carol and I on the Remarkables podcast today. If you'd like to contact Carol, I'll put her contact details in the show notes. And if you're living in Sydney or around Sydney, I highly recommend visiting Carol for a session or a treatment. Um, and if you have friends or relatives who you feel would also benefit from one of Carol's sessions, uh, then please pass on her contact details and, and all the podcasts as well. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you again soon.